everybody. My name is Michael Royce, and I'm the creator of the Suffer First, Glory Second podcast. Welcome back. This is episode number two. I appreciate you coming by again to listen. This will also be one of the shorter recordings. Uh, in the first episode, I gave you a brief introduction to the point and reason for this podcast and what its general and overall direction would be. In this episode, I want to further clarify what I mean by suffer first, glory second. I want you to have a more clear understanding of what I do and do not mean by suffer. I also want you to better grasp what I mean by glory. My personality type demands that I understand a subject as best as I can before I feel comfortable and confident that it's legit. Um, So if a person is trying to sell me something and they can't describe it to me at the level of detail that I need, then I'm typically not going to be a buyer. When I describe something, then uh, my tendency is to over-describe it as well. To some, this is really tedious, but I can't help that. Unfortunately, my brain parts require it of me. I can't just give a brief overview or summary and let it pass. So I feel compelled to give you the definitions I'm working with when I say suffer and glory. By doing this, you'll better understand what I mean from this point forward. Whenever you hear those terms on this broadcast, you'll understand the grid I'm working with. All right, let's get to it. In general, when I use the term suffer in the context of suffer first, glory second, what I am talking about is the work, the struggle, the pain, the endurance, the commitment, the consistency, the time, the effort, the failing and rising again, pushing away from distractions, putting in the necessary time required for your goals, the unwillingness to quit, the small and large victories that come by way of the disappointments, the misunderstandings you'll need to endure from those that simply don't get what and or why you're doing what you're doing, and the walking away from some relationships that may be hindering your progress, and similar things too numerous to list here. Everything I've just mentioned and more is what I mean when I use the term suffer. Once you know what you want and why you want it, and decide you're going to go after it, you must know in your mind that you will encounter some or all of these sufferings. You also need to settle it in your mind that they will happen, and it's not an odd occurrence when they do. Don't be surprised when they pop up, and don't think it odd. Suffering is the currency you use to pay for your glory. If you want to buy a watch, you're not at all surprised when the clerk asks for money to pay for it. Neither should you be surprised when you're asked to pay for glory and the money used to pay for it is suffering. The amount, type, and level of suffering you'll have to endure is directly proportional to the amount, type, and level of glory you want. Too many people decide to get their glory and when suffering raises its head, they quit. They quit because they didn't really have it settled deep in their heart and mind that suffering is to be expected. Suffering is not only the currency with which you pay for your glory, it's also part of the recipe for glory. You see, glory is made from a complex recipe, and suffering is the key ingredient. Suffering is a complex component that every recipe for glory requires. You wouldn't expect to make chocolate cake without chocolate, right? Chocolate cake requires chocolate and no one's surprised to see it on the ingredient list. Well, the same is true for glory. Getting your glory requires a recipe, and you shouldn't be surprised when you're asked 
to add suffering to the mixture. Suffering's the main ingredient. You can't have glory without suffering. Let me give you a quick example, a quick and specific example of what I mean. This example can be used for any and all endeavors of glory. If you defined your glory as becoming a ballet performer, you would need to endure suffering. I'm going to give you the most basic and early examples of what you would need to expect if you decided to set out to get your glory in the world of ballet. These are ballet basics. In ballet, there are five basic positions of the feet, numbered one through five. Each of these positions utilizes turnout or a 90 degree rotation of the leg from the hip joint. These positions are named by number and I bet you've probably heard them and may even know where I'm going with this. The positions are first position, second position, third position, fourth position, fifth position. And in addition, there are specific arm positions that correspond to each position of the feet. Also, there are multiple steps referred to as the movements in dance. These are three movements that ballet and or dance beginners have to learn. You've probably heard these terms as well before, but I'll give them to you anyway just for kicks. The first is plie, which means to bend, relevé, which means to rise, and sauté, which means to jump. Now these aren't exact and full definitions, but they're just brief and basic, but you get the point. Dancers work many years to achieve a full 90-degree turnout of their feet. It's painful. It's uncomfortable. But once a person decides that being a ballet performer is their glory, then the recipe includes and requires years of suffering and pain and discomfort of mastering these basic positions. And that's just the beginning. To become a top-level ballet dancer requires much, much more suffering. These positions just listed are the beginning. They're what get you in the door, but it doesn't end there, and it only gets more difficult. But if your glory is to dance, then you go into it with the full knowledge that creating something powerful and beautiful for the world to see requires suffering, and it requires that suffering to happen behind closed doors when and where no one else is watching over long periods of time. And only after that does the world get to see the glory that you've worked so hard to produce. That was just a brief example, and it can be translated to fit any field of endeavor. A ballet performer decides what their glory is, and they set out on their course, which must include various sufferings before they can have it. If you're a salesman, recruiter, triathlete, bodybuilder, poet, mathematician, scientist, mid-level manager, rodeo clown, or a manager at Taco Bell, it doesn't matter. If you want glory, you'll have to suffer to get it. You should make a note to remind yourself that suffering never ends. It just progresses and transforms into different types of suffering. As long as you're pursuing your glory, suffering will be your constant companion. You don't simply suffer once or twice for a few weeks or months and then it's over. No, your road to glory is paved with suffering in various forms. Imagine driving from New York to Los Angeles. You're always on a road, but the road will be made up of various forms of pavement. It could be made of cement, asphalt, gravel, dirt, or anything else that roads are made of. But one thing never changes. The road is moving in the direction of your glory, and if you want to get there, you'll have to utilize the road no matter what it's paved with. This is what I want for you and me. 
I want the world to suffer. This type of suffering is what I call active suffering. It's the kind of suffering that you willingly engage in, that you willingly take upon yourself in order to get your glory. I want the world to be willing to endure suffering. The reason I desire this is because I know that your glory cannot be had without it. You cannot defeat this simple law. Suffer first, glory second. It will never reverse itself for you. You may very well be special to your mommy and daddy, but you're not special to glory. It will not let you cheat. Glory requires that you obtain it with suffering. And quite honestly, when you get your glory, you will look back and say to yourself, I wouldn't have had it happen any other way. Why, you ask? Because glory is not glorious if it didn't cost you something. It's the suffering, the cost, that makes glory glorious and special and meaningful. Glory without suffering is not glorious. It's common. It's the suffering that makes glory all that it is. Now, let me quickly dispense with any and all ideas that you may have had when you first heard the term suffer first, glory second. I want to very quickly tell you what I do not mean when I use the term suffering. When I use the term suffer, I do not mean those things which would fall into the category or categories of evil, depravity, oppression, illness, physical harm, or loss of life. None of us should ever want someone to suffer things such as disease, death, human tragedy, the loss of love, loss of kindness, loss of gentleness, loss of caring, loss of empathy, loss of compassion or any other thing that would derail us from being the best of humanity. These are all forms of what I call passive suffering. These forms of suffering are what tragically happens to us at times. It's terribly unfortunate that these things are part of our world, but they are. But these are not what I mean when I use the term suffer in the terms of or context of suffer first, glory second. Okay. That's it. No more for today. On the next mini episode, I want to tell you about glory and what I do and do not mean when I use that term. You might be surprised when I tell you what glory means in my mind. I also plan to tell you where, when, and why Suffer First came to be. I hope you'll come back and I hope you'll tell others about the show. I want the world to suffer. Say it with me. Suffer First, Glory Second. Later. Peace out.